Welcome to Business Unmuted. Thanks to our sponsor, Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers, representing some of the world's best manufacturers of cars, vans, and motorcycles. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, and I've owned Recognition PR for nearly 35 years. Now, we've got 75 clients in multiple sectors based across the UK, and between them, They've got a turnover of around £6 billion and employ around 30,000 staff. So that really puts our firm at the front line of the business community and perfectly placed to discuss the economic climate. In the studio for Business Unmuted today, we've got Councillor Mika Smiles. Smiles. Councillor Mika Smiles is Deputy Mayor of Middlesbrough and Executive Member for Children's Services there, but she's also a former journalist turned local politician who's a passionate advocate for levelling up in the Tees Valley. Down the line, we've got Andrew Lane, Managing Director of Union Industries, and it's a Leeds-based manufacturer. It's industrial products that they make, including high-speed industrial rapid roller doors in warehouses. They go up and down very quickly so that the forklift trucks and the deliveries can go in and out. Uh, Andrew, welcome, and uh, Mika, welcome. Uh, we've got to start with the news of a new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Now, of course, you're in the northeast, Mika, and your, your uh, constituents, your ward, borders... Uh, um, Rishi Sunak's constituency, it doesn't does, it? So yeah. Do you know Rishi? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know him. I can't cl claim to know him, but he he is the MP in the neighbouring constituency. So Nunthorpe, my ward, borders with Stokesley, and he's obviously MP in Stokesley. So he's quite a well-known figure in the area. Absolutely. As well, well I, I've no, I've met him numerous times, mm -hmm. being a local MP in the area, and um, I was one of his supporters. Yeah. I think you were as well. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the uh, uh, the events that unfolded this week? Yeah. So I supported Rishi in the Liz versus Rishi leadership battle, and then. As events unfolded with this leadership battle, Boris obviously put his name into the mix. And what I actually thought was it would have been really good and a unifying thing if Boris and Rishi could work together. That didn't come to pass. And I think Boris did exactly the right thing by standing aside because he needs to be able to command authority in the House of Commons. Um, so I, I am really delighted that Rishi is now Prime Minister for so many reasons, not least because he's so economically competent um, but also a huge advocate of levelling up. Absolutely, and I was very pleased uh, he talked about levelling up in mm -hmm. his speech because the speech on the steps of Downing Street before he started his job, after the King had uh, made him Prime Minister, was the most significant speech yeah. in any politician's life, and it sets the tone. And yeah. to get levelling up there straight away for the north of England, and any viewers watching this podcast outside the north of England need to understand that you know, we in the North are very pleased with uh, the fact that we, we, we've got this because mm -hmm. we want all the opportunities that there are elsewhere. And, yeah. uh, and that isn't just about train sets, it's about all sorts of things. You're in Middlesbrough Council. Mm -hmm. What kind of thing does levelling up mean to you? What kind of thing is going on in Middlesbrough that you'd like to see more of? Yeah. So, I mean, going back to Rishi slightly, I can remember when he did his first budget speech as Chancellor and he mentioned Teesside being a blueprint for levelling up. And I almost fell off my chair because it really feels like we're being listened to. Um, in terms of Middlesbrough, we have managed to get £36 million out of the various levelling up pots. So we've got um, Future High Street Fund and Town Deal money. And what we're trying to do with that is reinvent and reinvigorate our high street in the town centre, which is so important 
particularly following COVID. Now, I know there'll be lots of people watching and listening to this who are mm -hmm. not necessarily supportive of the government, but I didn't yeah. really want to talk about the rights and wrongs of party politics, yeah. just the policy. And one of the things that has come about as a result of the new government is Michael Gove being given the levelling up secretary's job mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Now, he's put a bill through Parliament which is about to become law, the levelling up bill, yeah. and it contains in it some very significant things. For example, mayoral development corporations, yes. the ability to have a new development corporation in a given area. Yeah. And it seems to me that Teesside is one of those experiments again, because yeah. it will have three. Yeah, so Middlesbrough's up for this, and it's something I'm really excited about because I can really understand how it's gonna work. So as a local authority, um, we do our absolute best with regeneration projects but it's not one of our statutory functions. So I can understand kind of moving that to a really experienced body like a mayoral development corporation is really beneficial because it means that they've got that sole focus, as it were, on regeneration and, and on investment, which is really important. And there are things yet to be determined that would go into investment zones. The Liz Truss yeah. government introduced the idea that there could be perhaps business rates free periods, yes. maybe periods of incentive on employers' national insurance. But that, of course, hasn't yet come about in law. The levelling up bill is law, so yeah. you can create the development corporations, but not the incentives. Yeah, I, th I actually see those two things working hand in hand. Um, I mean, the business rates thing would just be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? It would just mean that Middlesbrough is the place to open up a new business, whatever that would be. Um, so I see, I really see those two things working hand in hand. So I hope the investment zone thing comes to pass as well. Okay, and what was your view on the appointment of Michael Gove? So, so Michael Gove is one of my favourite politicians. I think he is. Again, I just say to people watching who are not of uh, Mika's political persuasion, uh, that isn't always the case, is no. it? He, he, oh God, he no. is a little bit uh, marmite. Yeah, yeah. I, th I just I think actually um, on both sides of the political divide, people will acknowledge that he's extremely competent and he delivers. Um, you know, you were talking about levelling up. He wrote that white, well, he obviously invested heavily in that white paper. And yeah, I think Michael Gove is great and I really hope that he's going to do a fantastic job on levelling up because that's what we really need. OK, let's widen this discussion out to the economy now. Uh, Andrew Lane is the uh, Managing Director of Union Industries. Now, Andrew, you run, for the benefit of our viewers, uh, a brilliant manufacturing firm that makes high-speed roller doors for warehouses and other products. Uh, and of course, you're well known for your uh, fantastic shirts, which people who are watching <laughs> rather than listening will see a very good example of your uh, your style. It's a, a, a Hawaiian shirt in red and black and white. Very good, very good. Now, tell Thank me you. what you thought of uh, the new uh, Prime Minister taking office and the subsequent calming down of some of the economic jitters. It, it's, um, it's an interesting thing because I... Uh, for my sins was a Boris man. I thought Boris was an excellent big picture guy, but he just lacked the empathy that I think was needed to, to bring society along with him. I felt Rishi was a knife man at the time. And so I during the election uh, that Liz Truss won, I found it very difficult because my heart said Liz Truss because I, I felt... Um, which had been um, complicit in, in Boris's downfall. But I always knew that 
from a competence perspective, there was really only Rishi in the running that I would leave the the, the country's money with, and that and that's important. And when you know, I'm a, a corporation taxpayer, and I was in absolute despair when they reversed a corporation tax cut because I'm pragmatic. There's bills to pay. Um, COVID left us with a huge debt problem and you're not going to get out of it by giving yet more money away and so i'm i'm delighted that which is in i think we'll get a a period of stability and fiscal competence that we so desperately need there was an old saying ronald reagan said about governments governments sometimes should think of don't just do something stand there sometimes inaction is right now he has to sort out a bit of a mess but maybe more tax cuts more stimulus here isn't right we need stability and calm and just doing nothing for a while and letting it bed in does that or is that are we so used to activist governments that everyone wants to dip their hands they want a bit of a grant here they want some funding for training there they want some leveling up money here welfare there activist government versus pragmatic standstill government where does it feel it should lie to you, Andrew? It, it has to be now a period of stability. Let's not go half cocked and do anything. Mm. Uh, mm. I think the markets will settle. Confidence will, will return. But it will return when the decisions made are considered and they're supported by um, evidence or, or, or documentary forecasts that suggest that it's the right thing to do. So I am big on... We've we've um, we've reversed all of the mistakes just about that were made. Let's see how the market settles. Let's see what direction it's going in. And a bit like guiding a boat, a little bit of a nudge here and there will alter the course, but keep it pointing in the right direction. And you know we are in changeable winds. So to continue with the boating analogy, we just need to be reactive in a reasonable way rather than just throwing stuff around and trying to be popular because yeah. popular isn't going to cut it right now yeah. it might be and it's been said there will be unpopular decisions ahead i believe that and i think it's right that we take them but we take them in a considered way do you want to comment on that before i talk about andrew's business yeah i, th I think you've both hit the nail on the head there actually i think the mini budget was very ideological and in that way, it was very tempting to want to really back it and support it because I think it was wholly conservative. Um, but at the moment, we don't need ideology. We need practical politics and we need to just make sure that everything we do um, is backed up with the evidence. OK, Andrew, let's talk about your business a bit. Um, you're obviously manufacturing, as I said, uh, high speed roll doors, one of the products, among, among others. Uh, what's the employment situation like? Have you got vacancies at the moment? Yes, we do. And I think um, it's hard to find good people. Uh, but it's always been hard to find good people. And we're not, we're not a, really a, an employer of mediocrity. We like the very best people for the positions that we have available. So much but so they can impossible. own the business, actually. You're one of the few businesses I know that's owned by your employees. Yes, absolutely. And, and it we've developed a culture that's very much us. It's a family culture and it's a togetherness. And so you can't introduce negativity into that structure 
because it'll just it'll be like a cancer it'll spread so we're very conscious of the people we, we want to hire are those with the right attitude and we will give them the skills they need. Uh, so that links beautifully to my first slide of the programme, which is a bit of data that's been published about training. And we flash this up, you can see that compared to uh, 2015, when 63% of the working population had undergone some kind of training within a year, last year it was only 52%. So training has declined quite significantly among the UK working population. And then we look at visas granted, work visas granted, and they've gone up. And there's a lot of, if you look at the data that's flashed up there, 72% increase on work visas, 331,000 work visas granted in the last year to June 2022. So there is a debate going on in the government about whether or not more uh, immigration for work purposes should be allowed on the points-based system. Um, and Suella Braverman was having that argument with Prime Minister Liz Truss. Whether that argument continues uh, with uh, Rishi Sunak is another matter. But looking at the data I've just flashed up, perhaps the first point of contact when it comes to staff is your approach, Andrew. Train, train, train. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, we're a unique business um, uh, in many ways. And you've been to us, uh, Graham. You know, you know how, how we operate. Uh, and it, we're not afraid to invest in people. And that's what we're talking about here, that when we talk about training, we're investing in our, in our workforce. And that can only be a good thing. It's only going to engender them to us and to keep that um, sense of, of purpose alive at, at Union. What do you think, Mika? Would you be happy if uh, the government allowed more immigration for the purpose of helping out man the cafes and man some of the hospitality industries as well as the nursing homes the care sector or maybe even manufacturing businesses like andrews because a lot of businesses are saying that's what's yeah. needed now and i i would totally agree with that approach i think we need to make immigration work for us you know that's the that was the whole point of you know brexit i suppose it's to make sure that we're controlling our borders, but in a way that works for the UK. So you're, you're happy with more coming in, but only on the basis of the, the sectors? I think so. I think we've got to just make sure that it, it's tailored to our needs. To, make, to play slightly devil's advocate, yeah. though, um, Andrew seems like he's doing it the right way. And he could be a case study in how to run a business because his employees mm -hmm. own it. But there are many businesses, as we've just seen from that data, who are just not training. Yeah. And should we be allowing them the easy route of allowing more people to come in? Yeah. I think that's right. I think it's got to be a balance. And if I look at sort of Teesside, the area that I'm from, um, it's brilliant that we're creating all of these jobs. But we need to make sure that we've got those skilled people to go into them. And that means making sure that we get in there with the universities and let them know what jobs are going to be available get to the colleges, prepare the students there for, for the jobs that hopefully they were going to create. Okay. Andrew, do you want to tell, tell me anything else about the future of your business and the products? What's your order book like? Our order book is the biggest that it has ever been. Uh, and that's because we, we are a, a B2B business uh, and we major on service and the provision of solutions so rather than just selling somebody a door that door's trying to serve a purpose they've got an issue so we're a solution provider rather than a manufacturer of widgets 
and the the countries waking up to that particularly in light of the energy crisis or, or the energy cost crisis our our doors are used to save energy by segregating different different areas and so people are really coming around to the service they can get from a uk manufacturer rather than um a, a, a foreign european company or, or even further they cannot provide the service that we can provide and people are seeing value in that now and that's supporting our business and i suppose a lot of the uh, warehousing that you're providing these doors to is being freshly built you're in leeds which is at the intersection of the m1 and then down down the uh, south a little uh, m62 the development of warehousing has been going on at a pace on these major intersections. Does that help you? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and as has, and again, the switch, there's always a supermarket in the Ascension. And um, at the moment, there are two and they're both German. Uh, and they are building and pushing further north from their initial base in the home counties. And as they do so, they're looking for quality products that will ensure the integrity of their supply chain. So they come to us and we're seeing a lot of work in those areas. Well, I hope it continues and I hope that when there's a stabilisation of interest rates, some of these development projects, which are so important to you, aren't interrupted, but hopefully they'll stabilise at a level that's rational rather than peak too soon, uh, too high rather. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, Mika. Uh, thank you for joining us for Business Unmuted. We'll be back again. Same time, same place, next week.